are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings, happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. We would love it if you would join us. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program to let us know what you think about what we think. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is spelled D E A C E. We mentioned uh, right here from the outset that our podcast is powered by CRTV each and every day. Gentlemen, we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. Aaron, give the audience a preview of what's to come. We learned once again over the weekends. It's just astounding. Um, it seems when it rains, it pours. But we learned once again over the weekend um, the civil war that some people have said that it's just over the top to call the divis- divisiveness in the United States a civil war. We learned um, that that's not true. Ask Maxine Waters. Ask the people who have heckled uh, Kirsten Nelson inside a restaurant, picketed her home. Ask the people who kicked uh, the press secretary, Sarah Sanders, out of the Red Hen. Um... We are, and then a year ago, and we'll get into this a little bit more, nearly one-eighth of the GOP delegation of Congress was nearly assassinated. Guys, it started a while ago. It's not to say that we all need to be fearing for our lives inside of our, wait, it is kind of like that, because they are coming for you next. Todd? Yeah, Aaron's montage uh, is, he usually gets a lot in there, and there were a couple major things that he simply couldn't get in because there's just too much dumb and it's not even july 4th yet uh buckle up folks because between now and the election in november um it's it's going to be an inferno i can't stand the republican party hate is a strong word should be used by human beings in generally, in general, very sparingly. I think we would all agree with that. If you have a Judeo-Christian worldview, even more so than that. So I will restrain myself from going quite that far. How about an extreme loathing? It wasted 10 years of my life. It's lied to me more times than any entity on this planet has. And if you share my values and my belief system, it's done all the same things to you. I'm going to have a book that's going to be out later this year. You'll see the cover and we'll have the release date for you. I believe that we'll be able to announce those things this week. And one of the main points of the book is conservatism has no future in the Republican Party or in the current two-party duopoly. That being said, I, I can't blame anybody, and I've even thought about it myself as I've talked about the last couple of months, and I haven't done this since 2004. I can't blame anybody that just goes in there, even though they, they've lied to us about repealing Obamacare, defunding Planned Parenthood. Name an issue. They have a, they, name any issue, and they have lied to us, used us. But I can't blame anybody who acknowledges that on one hand and then goes in there on November 6th and just votes straight ticket Republican on the other. I can't. Here's why. I'm not saying I'm, I'm at that place yet, but I'm at least entertaining it. Human beings, especially children, will live up or down to the expectation levels that are set for them. 
what you're dealing with here from a worldview standpoint with this element of the left is childlike thinking. There isn't an ideological or intellectual basis for what they're asserting. It's all emotion. It is all desire. I emote, therefore I am. Because I want to. There's no self-awareness for the same reason that a child says, well, my sibling did it, so why can't I get away with it? That's, that's, there's no self-awareness in that statement. There's just raw emotion. Raw human nature. Unbridled. Unfettered. Totally depraved. On parade. Because I wanna. Because I feel like it. So I can, I can say things that contradict each other irrefutably in the same sentence. And I don't need any self-awareness at all. Because I just, I desire this, I want this, and I get what I want. That's what Paul means when he says, when I was a child, I thought, spoke, and reasoned as a child. When I became a man, what made Paul a man? Recognition. There is a God, and he is not him. (laughs) There is a power and authority that he must submit to. When I became a man, I set aside childish things. The ranting, the raving, the tantruming, that is childish behavior. Stemming from a childish worldview. What happens when children's bad behavior is rewarded, Todd, as a parent of four children? What happens? You get more bad behavior. You will get more of it. So quick. The, the, the worse. No offense to you, but the more attractive woman who used to sit in your seat, Jen, used to talk about the Walmart mom. The mom she'd see at Walmart with her kid leaning on her arm, yanking her way, pulling on her dress or on her skirt or on her shorts or on her pants. Give me this, give me this, give me this. And the mom just gives it to her to satiate the child. The child has been conditioned to believe what, Todd? Well, that it's it, it's Pavlov's dog, yeah. really. Yeah. So I use the term conditioning. Act this way and you will be rewarded. And in this analogy, is the GOP the passive-aggressive dad? Well, no, we are. Go ask your mother. Yeah, We are. There is something to be said. And I say this as someone, I can't stand most of these people. I mean, I can't, I don't struggle to hate the people who hate us. Well, the people who admit hating us, the Republicans hate us even more, right? But I don't struggle to hate the people that admit hating us. I, as for me, I, I don't like being deceived. I struggle with the guys with, and gals with the R's after their name that will shank us faster than you can say orange is the new black, okay? If given the chance. That's, I, I really struggle with that. The guys wearing my jersey scoring points for the other team. That's why I struggle not to hate. However, I do think a conversation, if you're with me on this, in terms of how you feel about the GOP, and I haven't been a registered Republican for 27 months now, or 26 months now. So if you're like me, and you're done with these guys, I do think we need to consider if you think the left's behavior is a, well, let me rephrase this again and police me on this, okay? Because I'm, I'm going to do my best to love my neighbors, I love myself, and not cast everybody with a broad brush like the hate the people who hate our worldview want to do with us, okay? This element of the left we're seeing, correct me guys every time I don't do this, okay? This element of the left we're seeing right now and have been seeing for a while, if you think they're bad now, if they are rewarded for this behavior in November, what will it be like after yes. that? What will it, how unruly will their behavior in the, in the cereal aisle, in the ice cream aisle, in the soda pop, sugary snack aisle, right? 
How bad will their behavior at Walmart and those aisles be a month from or in December over Christmas? Two words. In, uh, go ahead. Ethan Couch, the affluenza teen yeah. from Texas. Yeah. Killed four people while drunk, drunk driving because his parents just gave him everything he wanted. I, I think we need to have, you know, we don't have to make a decision to put up with the GOP right now. The election's not today or tomorrow. But I do think sometimes as an adult, you have to be willing to tolerate things you don't like at a certain time. Which Dave Ramsey's got a great definition of adulthood. Delayed gratification. <laughs> okay? All right. Sometimes we have to be willing to delay gratification. And I don't, you know, we don't have to go down that road right now. It's just something I've been, I, I was thinking about in light of what you guys were just saying. We kind of touched on it a little bit on the TV show today. If you think it's bad now, if they're rewarded in November for this behavior, what do you think we'll see? What do you think we'll be talking about a year from now? Maybe we'll be talking about a guy at a suburban ball field in D.C. who, who, who doesn't miss. Maybe we'll be talking about that. Why our children have been taken away from us, why we're in jail for trying to protect our children. It's going to be bad. Yeah, maybe the same people right now who are still screaming about children being separated from their parents, even though they don't mind when Planned Parenthood does it about 600,000 times a year. Um, they'll be knocking on your door, homeschooler, saying, I, I think we need to separate some children from their parents. There you go. I don't know. I, I think I'm not a conspiratorial guy by nature. I used to be, and then I got saved, realized human nature often is not nearly this smart to pull these grand conspiracies off. No, what I am is reading the signs at the time. You're not paranoid if they're really following That's you, exactly right, man. When, when I didn't totally stop at that red light on my street to turn right because I was running late coming in here today, and I didn't see the cop parked up at the church right there, I wasn't paranoid for looking at my rearview mirror repeatedly to see if he was going to pull me over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was recognition. Like he was, he was there the whole time. <laughs> Just didn't see it coming. All right. It's not paranoia if they are after you. They're telling you we're after you. Well, these people are. What's to be found is how many of these people really are there. I don't think there's that many. I'm just not sure there's that many that are willing to stand up to them in a way that doesn't make the situation worse and more toxic than it already is, which is what they want. You have to understand that, okay? Palpatine wants Luke in frothing at the mouth, losing his anger, losing his, his, his disposition, losing his, his character and his integrity. Because that's, that's the environment he flourishes in. And I think we need to... We, I'm not talking about surrender. I, I got a book sitting on my desk. The whole thing's about fighting back. I just think the, yet we need to understand the other side is okay if, if you guys just want to exchange nuclear bombs you know, back and forth as neighbors. Because they're not... This isn't the Soviet Union. This isn't a rival empire. This is chaos. This is a jihad. This is, these are kamikaze pilots. They're, they're just acting out, guys. There's, there's not a plan here for them. The plan is, I hate everyone, and everyone doesn't hate everyone as much as me. Um, I hate even worse. And I'm going to destroy everything that makes this country worth living in in order to make my damn point. And so they are perfectly fine. You want to blow up the NFL? You want to blow up Little League? You want to blow up the Olympics? You want to blow up a, re a suburban Lexington, Virginia restaurant? They're fine with all of that. They want a wasteland. Because they're throwing a tantrum. Do I look like a guy with a plan? There's no plan. The plan is act out. And whoever acts out worst is best wins. How much money do you think ESPN makes off of football compared to every other sporting endeavor? What do you think it is, Todd? 
Yeah, I'll tell you, eight or nine or ten to one. It's not even freaking close. Aaron's exactly right. It is not even freaking close. Live football sporting events are always, by far, the highest rated events ESPN has every year. Do you know what's second behind that? The NFL draft. The NFL draft gets more viewers than NBA playoff games do on ESPN. Think about that. Guys sitting around talking about football players who haven't even played yet gets more eyeballs than LeBron James versus Steph Curry. Straight up truth. Yet if you didn't know any better, you'd think that that network's been out trying to destroy its freaking cash cow for the last four years. Wouldn't you? Yeah, on multiple fronts. It's just self, it's self-refuting. It doesn't make any sense. It's not supposed to. People who have a plan think stuff through like that. Even evil bad people think stuff through like that. That's like where the, the, the evil empire is like, well, crap, Reagan can shoot our missiles out of the sky. I guess we really can't win a nuclear war now, so let's negotiate. You got the leverage. That's where Gorbachev comes to the table. The Japanese kamikaze pilots are like, well, I guess that just means 100 more of us need to blow ourselves up tomorrow. There's not a plan. The plan is hate, utter hatred. Utter, total hatred. Not even of a, of a dramatically different worldview that I want mine to replace yours. I just, I just want to watch the world burn. Some ideologies just want to watch the world burn. If you've never read my book, Nefarious Plot, let me spoil part of the ending for you. You want to know what the devil's motivation is? I just want a body count. I just want a real high body count. Not just fatalities either. Destroyed families, wrecked cultures. I just hate humanity. And I want to shove that body count down the Almighty's face. That's all. I just want a body count. I want a soul count. There's no plan. The plan is uh, we got a big sign in hell like Jerry Lewis's telethon. Turn over the turnstile. We added another number. We're just looking for a body count. That's what you're dealing with here. They just want a body count. I don't know. We're going to have to figure out how to fight as hard as them without fighting like them. Beelzebub cannot cast out Beelzebub. Darkness will not cast out darkness. Zero times zero, gentlemen. What's zero times zero? Zero. Still zero. Yeah. What's darkness times darkness? Just as dark. Just, just dark. What, what are locusts times locusts? Bunch of locusts. So we'll send... you. Listen, you want to... On the day Mark Levin gets nominated for the Radio Hall of Fame, you want to send 100,000 people to his Amazon page and one-star review all his books, then we'll send 100,000 people on Yelp to one-star review the Red Hen. Okay. They're okay with that. That's what you need to understand. You can triple... The one-star reviews on Yelp for the Redhead Restaurant in Lexington, Virginia. They're going to see that and think, we must have really hit a sore spot there. Triple down. Quadruple down. Maybe we just physically assault Sarah Sanders and her family next time they come. They want this reaction out of you. That's what they want. They want to show you are what they've always pretended and claimed you were. That way they can justify being what they really want to be. Remember that scene in The Empire Strikes Back where Luke goes into the cave and he senses the presence of Darth Vader there? The Vader who's threatening his friends, who he's been told, he doesn't know he's his dad yet, he's been told by Obi-Wan, he murdered your father. The hatred boils. And it's it's justified, right? This is the embodiment of evil right now in the galaxy. And he grabs that lightsaber without thinking and he lunges in anger and hatred and decapitates Vader in that cave and the head rolls on the ground and the mask opens up. Whose face is inside? Luke's, his own. Luke's, his own. Think about that. 
they hate this culture enough to destroy it on the way out. I think we need to decide whether we love this culture enough not to. Promo code DACE is how you can watch our show today on CRTV. CRTV.com, promo code DACE will get you a discounted subscription. And that means a quarter a day. What kind of a, of a discount are we talking about? Just a quarter a day will get you our show. Uh, the great one, Mark Levin, Michelle Malkin. So much great programming and then us other programming we have available for you each and every day here at CRTV. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. All right. For the weekend news and views, I want us to go back to this past weekend one year ago. This past weekend one year ago, as we weren't sure whether Steve Scalise was going to live the congressman, let alone walk again, let alone serve in Congress again. As we, we, were, we were listening to, to Rand Paul, who was there, tell us how close this came to a massacre. The random, seemingly random coincidence that if the one member of GOP leadership that was scheduled to play in the game had gotten a call that he had to had to go back to, to Congress or a call from his wife, then that security detail that took down the shooter before he could kill all those people would have never showed up because he was the only one as a member of leadership that had that kind of security detail. The rest of those congressmen out there on that ball field would have all been vulnerable, maybe murdered. So as we listen, as, as we were still listening to these stories... This past weekend, one year ago, I appeared with a leftist activist on CNN's Reliable Sources to talk about the need for civility in America. I want us to go back and listen to that conversation. And then instead of a weekend in review, we're going to do a year in review. Where are we? where this is concerned one year later. Let's get into it, into it now with Sally Cohn. She's a liberal CNN commentator and columnist for The Daily Beast. And Steve Dace, he's in Iowa. Uh, he's a columnist for Conservative Review and radio host. Thank you both for being here. Great to be with you. Thank you, Brian. S Steve, I was inspired to, to talk about this because of something you wrote a few days ago. Uh, spell it out for our viewers, y your point about rhetoric and the consequences of rhetoric. Well, I think what's happened here, Brian, is we are creating a black market, to borrow a phrase from uh, the criminal enterprises. We're creating a black market on political discourse and debate because we sort of have a prohibition on the real stuff. Too much of what's on cable news, frankly, is pro wrestling. I've been told that when I'm pre-screened to be on certain shows, well, we're actually looking for sides and not opinions, you know? So someone's got to be the heel. Someone's got to be the hero. I think we need more of what you guys did a few months ago with Ted Cruz and Bernie Bernie Sanders debating the issue of health care substantively, taking questions from the audience. I think we need to de-escalate, making it personal, and I actually think we need to escalate more the ideological debate. I think the more we debate this ideologically and substantively, we make it about ideas and not about people, the more we will de-escalate the rhetoric and stop incentivizing lunacy and evil manifest themselves in any value system or in any tribe. Isn't this one of those easier said than done, though, that there are business incentives for extreme left, extreme right wing talk? Well, I think there's a business incentive for an extreme everything talk. I mean, when I get off of here, I am sure, because this happens everywhere I go. I can't tell you, I've never made an appearance, for example, on MSNBC where I was not told immediately, because I have certain belief systems as a conservative, I'm not entitled to rights. We do this equally on both sides. We could sit here and play gotcha and race to the bottom on both sides. I think we in the media, and I say we, not you know the media, because like I don't work in it, I work in it. I think we in the media, Brian, I think we need to try something different. And that is instead of saying, well, we're going we're gonna to provide the lowest common denominator because that's what gets ratings or clicks, we should ask ourselves, you know what, do people ask for Cheez-Its at Vendo Land because we don't give them steak, we don't give them real food? Why don't we try giving them real food? Who knows? They, they might actually like it.
Here's what I wonder. Sally, let me ask you about this. Uh, there's an interesting soundbite from Kellyanne Conway uh, a couple days ago on Fox. She said this, saying that half the country, half of Twitter would celebrate if she were shot. Watch. If I were shot and killed tomorrow, half of Twitter would explode in applause and excitement. This is the world we live in now. First of all, do you think that's true, that, that half of Twitter would celebrate someone's, you know, uh, injury? Uh, I, I, I mean, from the bottom of my heart and soul, I hope it's not true. I, I think don't think it's true. I, 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 look, I think uh, it is interesting and meaningful how when moments like uh, what happened at the congressional baseball practice happen, that people on all sides of the aisle come, come together and say, whoa, this is too far, this is too much. Now, the question is, uh, and I think this is to Kelly's point, why don't we do that before? Why don't we do that before mm-hmm. shots are fired, before we cross the line? Why don't we realize, and I agree with Steve entirely we have a, a hate problem in our country we have a problem of dehumanizing attacking otherizing the other side far too much we can argue we can disagree we can do so in a civil way without demeaning and debasing uh, our opponents and and when it goes too far we suddenly all go whoa wait wait a second uh why didn't that happen before mm-hmm. in our minds i was really struck this week that ted nugent of all people said and, and this is by the way to ted's credit i'm not a sentence i thought i'd ever say but to his credit he said oh, the the hateful rhetoric it's gotten too far uh he this in is the, the guy, past had made comments about obama said, you know hillary can suck in his machine gun mm-hmm. and obama is a uh, you know subhuman mongrel and mm-hmm. suddenly he's worried about incivility and the is incivility that just because his, his party's winning right now uh, is it or because someone from his party got hurt i actually don't care why he's doing it i'm glad he's doing it hmm. but it raises the question of well what wasn't triggered in your mind when you were saying those sort of things that now that the consequences play out you go whoa and i think that's for that applies to musicians and it certainly applies to those of us in the media and those of us who create a media environment that actually gives points and and credit right the more angry the more hateful the more extreme your rhetoric is that's a problem there's that on the one hand. On the other hand, I, the reason why I wonder if, if, if Kellyanne is, is really right that half the country would celebrate is I don't think we're as divided necessarily as it sometimes sounds on Facebook and Twitter. The, you see the worst of the worst hate on social media and, and, and sometimes on, on radio and TV shows. I think if you got those folks in a real room in real life, it might not be so awful. And you've been doing this, haven't you? You've been interviewing your trolls in real life. I have. So I'm, I'm working on a book. Uh, stay tuned, spring 2018. Uh, <laughs> And I have been interviewing a bunch of my uh, my Twitter trolls, um, who are a interesting and decorous lot. Friendlier uh, in person, you know, uh, uh, mostly on the phone. Um, and I but mean, are I they like, friendlier? Oh, when they you are talk friendlier to them. in person. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's that was the big shocker to me was people who. First of all, it's a surprise actually that they aren't that many bots. They're actually real people, and people who are saying things to me that I probably can't repeat on cable news, um, <laughs> uh, in person or over the phone. Are, are quite lovely uh, mm. and quite real and quite genuine. So it's it's interesting. It's not just, right? I think we get a particular slice of reality on Twitter and social media that people uh, maybe go on there to say the most acrimonious or hateful things. But even those people in real life aren't that way. Of course, the problem is, is Twitter is also real life. Social media is real life. Mm. This, what we're doing here is real life. And when we uh, are hostile and aggressive and uncivil, it actually encourages people to then repeat that in face-to-face communications and obviously in hand-to-hand communications as well in ways that are really destructive. Let's take a look at what another CNN host, Michael Smirkanish, said about this yesterday. Uh, Steve, take a look and then I want to hear your react. Media personalities who are rewarded for bombast, not substance. Their livelihoods depend on fomenting division, not diplomacy. So don't go looking to them to lead. While we seek to rein in the extremists, we must be careful not to stymie legitimate inquiry and debate. Steve, he's saying a lot of what you were saying earlier. Do you think there really is soul-searching going on among some of your colleagues in in, in the radio business or in the commentary business? I hope so. Um, I think maybe we don't truly understand how close we came as a culture to a point of no return. I mean, I think we almost had an Archduke Ferdinand Fort Sumter moment. Um, I think we don't have any idea the Pandora's box that might have been opened if Congressman Scalise's security detail was not there. You mean if multiple senators or congressmen have been killed? 
Yes, yeah, if we would have been pulling body bags out of there instead, I, I can't even imagine where we would go next. But here's where maybe I might disagree with Michael Smirkanish. I, I think bombast is okay. I, I think passion is good. But to what end? Is, is it to just personally dehumanize and attack people? Or I'm sure if Sally and I sit down and did a worldview test, we'd come out with results that are diametrically opposite. And then we're like, I've got to defeat that other piece in the arena of ideas. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's when it's become, I hate you because of what you believe. Or you're not Sally to me. You're some anti-American leftist. Or you're not that's Steve right. to me. You're some racist, misogynist, homophobe. That's when it goes way, way too far. Especially, Brian, and I want to make this point too. Neither one of these political parties is worth us destroying each other over them. <laughs> Neither one of them is worth That's it. That's for darn sure. But Steve, I also think it's fair to say, look, he, he's right. Uh, you know, you're exactly right, Steve. We can have heated conversations without attacking, demeaning, dehumanizing each other. We need to do that more. We need to do it more face-to-face -face and online. We need to think about people uh, reading the things we write. Think about our kids reading them. Think about our kids repeating them. Hmm. That's critical. And I also think, you know, yes, Steve and I probably disagree on a lot of things very, very passionately. Airing those in a substantive way is important. There's probably about 80, 85 percent of things we agree on. We don't spend a lot of time talking about those things because, of course, uh, and it's, the, it's that nexus that is where we are as media. We focus on the animosity and the acrimony, the disagreement and, and the dehumanization. That's what gets ratings. That's as much the media's fault as it is our fault. It's also the stuff we click on, we turn on, we tune into, and we have to all be held accountable for doing something better. Less crossfire, more ceasefire, is, is what I hear from both of you. Uh, Sally, Steve, thank you both. Steve, happy Father's Day. Same to you. And do that princess thing at the Disney World Castle with your daughter, Brian. I highly recommend well, I'm, it. I'm getting lots of advice today. Thank you. I agree. <laughs> when we come back... So it was this past weekend, one year ago, I did this roundtable on CNN Sunday morning. Um, actually left church early to do this. And I've, I've been invited to do Sunday morning shows several times before. I've turned them down because I didn't think the subject matter was worth my kids seeing me leave church to be on TV. All right. Didn't think that was a good example to set. In this case, though, I thought given the subject matter and what had just transpired, it was worth my kids seeing me leave church early to be on TV to have this conversation. I want us to each take some time now for the remainder of this podcast, take as much time as each of you want. Your reaction as you listen to that conversation in light of the things we've seen transpire in the past year. For example, it was literally a week or two later, Sally Cohen was, was on Twitter accusing Paul Ryan of a, quote, 50-state killing spree, unquote, for repealing Obamacare that they weren't actually repealing. What we just saw happen to Sarah Sanders. Seth Rogen was on national television bragging that when Paul Ryan's sons came up to him for a picture, he embarrassed their father in front of them. He was bragging about that on national TV this week. Uh, leftist so sports media writers were demanding Kevin McHale lose his livelihood, the NBA legend, because he dared appear uh, as a, he didn't even show up as a guest. He just went as an American. He went to the president's rally in Duluth, Minnesota last week. Um, we had a two-time Academy Award nominee, Peter Fonda, demand the president's son be put in a prison cell with pedophiles. We've, we've had how many people have been what's called doxxed, which means uh, they've had their, their online identities that conceal their true identity removed so they can be bullied, scorned, pilloried by members of the left and their online mobs. Open advocacy for open borders in a time of global jihad. There's not a day that goes by that, whether it's CNN that I, I was just on there, or a lot of these other networks or publications, don't give a platform for somebody to call those who believe as we do, literally Hitler, Nazis. And it's, and it's just, it's, it's not even for effect. I mean, this is, this is now a mainline talking point to an element of the American left. I could continue, but this is what has transpired in the last year. So in light of the conversation you just heard and what's transpired in the last year, Todd, I'll start with you. What do you think? 
Well, uh, I re- most of it I re- re- was as I remembered uh, with uh, Sally Khan being uh, incredibly uh, civil. Uh, there was a genuine kindness uh, to her, and quite frankly, I, I have experienced that in my own life. Wor- you know, working in uh, liberal-dominated uh, circles uh, quite frequently. Uh, but at the end, uh, it's it's where I, she was. I don't think she was being disingenuous, but she was just uh, she cited something that just ultimately has no power, even if it's true. The eighty five percent of things we agree on, um, even if that's true, the, that eighty five percent is meaningless enough to it. It doesn't matter that it's true. I don't believe it's true, um, but, but it has it has no force. It, 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 it's it's clearly the the 15% uh, that is worth uh, setting your hair on fire for at, at, at the cost or ignoring uh, all of that. Furthermore, even if it's true, and we all in moments like this are kind of shell-shocked enough to sit back um, and take uh, the engine out of gear and put it into neutral until we get our bearings again, the only way to change is if at least one side of the ledger actually believes one, forget the 85%, one fundamental truth, that there is a God and we're not him. And... Hardly anybody, forget the depth, we talk about eschatology, forget the depths of theology, just the basic core, the kind of core thing that is clearly at the heart of our Declaration of Independence, a providential will for us. Unless we are willing to tap into that in all of our conversations, and we almost never ever are, and I include most of the people who claim to believe in a Judeo-Christian God, unless we come and reason together with that as our core, the moments like that have no hope of having staying power, and in the last year, we have seen that it is abundantly clear that that moment in time had zero staying power, despite what may have been the best intentions at that time. What I hear you saying is without divine accountability, yes. we can't help yes. ourselves. Yes. The dog yes. will return to its own Always. Can't. There's nothing we can do. Always. There's, yeah, there's really no point in me saying what I was going to, to say, because that, that's exactly what say I was... Say it better. But, that, but I'm going to still say it anyway. <laughs> Because if we do one thing, it's redundancy. Um, it, it is that I don't doubt people like Sally Khan's um, earnestness in moments like that. She is as ardent a leftist as anybody. I don't doubt her her, her earnestness her earnestness in that moment. But it's like a, I, I mean, we've all dealt with it before. Uh, it's like a, a, a sin. That you're you're you keep dealing with. Why do I keep going back to this sin? But eventually, if you are developing your relationship with your God, with with uh, Jesus Christ as Christians, eventually the sanctification comes in that sin, and eventually, um, uh, maybe I mean you still want to do you still want to do what you know you shouldn't be doing because that's just the the nature of. Um, of our flesh, but it, it, but there is some recourse for um, for for stopping what you're trying to stop, for stopping sinning. There is some recourse there. So I I I again I don't doubt her earnestness and her sincerity in moments like that, or anybody like her. But for them, there is no recourse. There is no Holy Spirit. There is no divine accountability. As you pointed out, Steve, and so they're just left to their own devices until they eventually are defeated or get what they want. Either way, they will eventually, their worldview leads to destruction. They're locusts. They are locusts. Eventually, they will end up in destruction. But there is absolutely no modicum of, uh, like you said, divine accountability. So they're, 
we shouldn't expect them to stop. And knowing that now, why in the world would we ever try to give them what they want? Like they're just a petulant child. They have to be defeated. Before this interview, I, I had no idea who Brian Stelter was. You guys know I, I don't watch any of these shows. I, I don't pay attention. I I, had to, I found out what like a Chris Hayes was like a year and a half ago. I, apparently, he's been on there for like five years. I, I don't I don't know. Okay. Um. The reference I made at the end to his yeah he was. I went and looked him up. And I, I do my research. <laughs> yes, I have a near photographic memory. I also have files. I, I maintain records of who I've dealt with, what our dealings were. And I kind of have the Johnny Dangerously rule. You know, my mother did that to me once, once, right? Joe Piscopo's great line throughout that film. Um, I had him do that to me once, do that for me when I went to New York to try out for Salem, by the way, and he was doing the morning show. Nice. I did have him do that for me. Nice. Yeah, that was kind of cool. <laughs> but um, uh, it, it, I don't care what outlet you are. Well, I do care. Like when Russia today literally asked me to come on earlier this year, I did not even respond. Okay. So unless it's something extreme like Russia Today or Al Jazeera, anything short of that, okay, regardless of what your ideological bent is, if you're at least a modicum of credible, I'll return your call on one condition. If you screw me over once, you never exist again to me. You're done. That's it. That's my only condition. Your entire article can be a deconstruction of my belief system. If you quote me accurately and in context, I'll live with it. I'll live with shining a little light in the darkness if you let me. But there are people whose calls I will not return anymore because they screwed me over and I don't return them. Well, Steve, what about forgiveness? None of them have asked me for it. One of them ever called me back and said, you know what, man, I, I did you wrong in that story. I shouldn't have done that. Then we might have that conversation. But none of them have asked me for it. So I don't return their calls after they screw me over. So I had really no idea who this guy was. Um, I did my research. One of the things I found was he was getting set to take his daughter to Disney to Disney for the first time. And I, I wanted to find some way, in light of the fact we nearly pulled body bags, of several congressmen I don't even really like politically, whose liberty scores are terrible. Doesn't mean I want them dead. Doesn't mean I, I, don't want, I want their families not to have them home for dinner or for Christmas or Thanksgiving. I'm sure Maxine Waters has grandchildren. I don't want them without a grandmother as crazy and nutty as I think she is. Somewhere there, I'm sure there's a Grandma Maxine. You know, somewhere. We just don't see that person on camera ever. Somewhere. Somewhere Nancy Pelosi, I'm sure, is somebody's cool aunt. Somewhere. Don't you think? Somewhere, probably. There's a human being there somewhere, right? And so I, I want... I was. I always have things in, on my mind when they give me the platform, I'm going to say them. That I'm here to say this. With, within reason, I'll answer the question you ask, but I really want to get my message out. And that's why you heard me talk about bombacity's okay, passion's good, disagree vehemently. The problem isn't vehement debate. I've been on plenty of panels with Michael Smirkanish. So I know what he means when he doesn't want to debate. It means he doesn't want to debate. That's what it means. Okay? He doesn't want to debate issues. I think, you know what? Put Steve Dace and Sally Cohen on CNN for an hour and let's go. You know what? I should have mentioned three million, I think it was three million people watched that first Cruz Bernie Sanders debate. To put that in perspective, 
That is almost 400% more than the the cumulative viewership CNN's current primetime lineup receives, right? 835,000? Isn't that almost 400% more? Because that would be, what, 3.2 million, right? Do I have that right? I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Somewhere, it's just a lot more. I'm terrible at math. It's a lot more than their primetime yeah. lineup. It's probably the highest watched, non, you know, like a, a presidential speech or a, a live news event. It's probably the most watched program they've had in years that wasn't one of those things in our prime time, in their primetime lineup. A debate, you know, something like that the, with the GOP or Democratic candidates. I wish I would have made that point. And so I wanted, I wanted to make that point. There's two things I wanted to do when I got out of this conversation. I wanted out of it. One was I wanted to make the point, we can't let them make the false equivalency that, well, we can't have any passion. That's why we can't have any passionate debate. You guys can't have it. Uh, No, we're not having any passionate debate now. We're trolling each other. That is not a passionate debate. Okay? Let's have a passionate debate. The other thing I wanted to do was make a, see if I can make a personal connection with him. You know, I, I'd read what Rob and other people that I work with here at CR had said about him. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying those guys are wrong, but there's a proverb that says one man's story seems true until you hear the other side, right? I wanted to give him a fair hearing, for, forearmed fully from pe- some of my own colleagues and peers of who it was I was dealing with. But you know what? That whole love your neighbors, you love yourself. I'm sure people have been told certain things about me that may or may not be true. And I'd like people that don't know me or never dealt with me before, give me a fair hearing. So I tried to give him one. And that's why I wanted to make that kind of personal connection there at the end. Here's something we have in common. One of my greatest moments as a dad, which means one of the greatest moments I've had in the last 20 years of my, or I guess 17 years of my life, was taking Zoe and Anna to that princess breakfast at Disney World Castle. Man, I will never forget that for the rest of my God-forsaken life. I remember that day, man, it's like losing my virginity. It's like when I got married. I mean, it's like one of the seminal moments of my life. I will never forget how adorable they were that day. I can replay that entire day breakfast in my mind's eye like it was five minutes ago. It's a little trophy in the, in the, in the corner of my memory bank. When I walk Anna and Zoe down the aisle, a part of me is going to remember that day. And I will probably cry. <laughs> okay? So I was trying to make a personal connection. Where somewhere there's just a guy named Brian and there's just a guy named Steve. You know what I'm saying? Who just want to take their kids to the princess castle at Disney and make a lifelong memory. Right? Somewhere. Unfortunately, there are times in this past year where it seems as if maybe there's not a guy named Brian there. Maybe it's just all ideologue all the time. I tried to write a column for USA Today. Let's have a conversation about guns. I never, I never granted any premise for gun control whatsoever. I just said, let's have a conversation. What I was inundated with for the next week People on my own side claiming I was selling out guns. Go read the column. I never advocated one syllable of gun control in the whole yeah, column. Yeah, that was a fun week. In the whole column. Meanwhile, people on their side, uh, we well, we need to stop selling people machine guns. We haven't done that since like 1936. Okay, I mean, every fallacy was clear. They either didn't know what they were talking about, and they were or and or they were proud of not knowing what they were talking about because you're just a bigot and we don't have to know what you think. My conundrum is my Christian faith does not permit me the luxury of ceasing to attempt to have conversations with people that don't agree or believe as I do. I'm not, I'm not obligated. I'm not permitted to build my own private Idaho. I can't do this. I mean, I know we just had a Barna poll that showed barely a majority of American Christians know what the Great Commission is. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. But it's our, it's, it's our charge. I am commanded. Now, I don't believe that means I make my kids pawns of your culture war. They're kids, not adults. 
I'm an adult. I'm a believer. When I was a child, go back to the very beginning of this podcast. When I was a child, I thought, spoke and reasoned as a child. When I became an adult, I set aside childish things. I'm an adult now. So I'm not permitted to not engage. Now, I'm not, that doesn't mean I, I offer myself up as a, as a human sacrifice. I offer my body up to Christ as a living sacrifice. That's different. But I'm not permitted to just pop in the clutch and say, well, you know, you guys, I'm not, I don't, we don't get to be Jonah in the VeggieTales version under an umbrella waiting for the sulfur to fall on Nineveh. We don't get to do that. So I, I'm under this obligation that I have to continually engage even under the increasing likelihood that nothing will, no investment will be rewarded or at least not the one I'm hoping for at that time. Is it frustrating? Do I feel like I, I open myself up to be fooled, to be taken advantage of? Yeah. But you know what's happened? There's been plenty of you that have seen our willingness to do that to the Brian Stelters of the world and others, even when it didn't have any hope or expectation of, ha- of being reciprocated or getting a return on an investment. But there's been several of you that have flooded our inbox in the last year and a half or so that have seen our willingness to give people we don't agree with and don't agree with vehemently the benefit of the doubt as human beings. And you've sent us notes, and even though it didn't go anywhere with Brian Stelter, somewhere there was another Brian that sent, me, sent us a note in my inbox that said, you know what, I've fallen a long way away from church. I didn't think I could have any relationship with God. I'm not even sure I believe he exists. But the way you guys are doing this is causing me to reconsider my hard heart. And that's why we do it. That's why. And this is why we must resist the temptation to hate them as much as they hate us. We cannot win a battle of hate. That is the enemy's home turf. It's the air he breathes. It's his natural habitat. It's his native tongue. You'll never be better at hating than him. I tried for so many years to hate Dave Dace because, my God, did he deserve it. Yeah, I just mentioned I can remember in my mind's eye taking my daughters to the princess castle. You know what else I can remember in my mind's eye? The day my little brother Scott was playing with Dave's cigarette lighter and he should not have been. Started a fire in the backyard. And he should have been punished vehemently for that to send the message. And been spanking him was not a problem. That was that's one of those moments where something needs to be done because there's a that a child needs to be sent the message. Don't you can't do that. But Dave wasn't content with sending a message. He beat the piss out of him. And I was 10 years old on Vineland Avenue in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm upstairs watching Doug Flutie throw a Hail Mary pass the day after Thanksgiving. And I can hear Scott screaming in the basement. I have heard those screams in my mind many nights for the last 35 years. Why didn't I do anything? Why didn't I step in? Because I was scared and he would have done it to me too. And for many years, because of moments like that, I tried to hate Dave 
so that I wouldn't become like him. <laughs> you wanna know what happened? The exact opposite happened. Go ask my wife, she'll tell you. I was becoming him. What did you say was the only way we avoid stooping to this level, Todd? What was it that you said we needed? Remember that there is a God and we are not him. That's the only thing that changed. I let God be a father to the fatherless. There's a reason why the Bible doesn't say sit there and white knuckle it when confronted with evil and temptation. Flee. Put your mind on things above. What you think about all day long and the way you think about it, you will eventually become. That is a philosophical law of the universe. My fixation with not becoming Dave. What was I thinking about all day? Dave. Dave. In a way, he was kind of my God, right? The only way I could break away from that is I needed new thinking. We need and are called, and I would say morally are required to stand up for and fight for what we believe in. But we cannot fight them with their own tactics. And if you believe there's no other alternative but to race them to destroying whatever's left of Americana in order to win an argument, you have already lost it. I promise you. I speak from experience. The darkness doesn't hate darkness. It hates the light. That doesn't mean be a knave, be naive. You know what kind of balls? It, took, it takes a fisherman to sit there and say to the most powerful force on earth, dude, we're going to do this. You're going to hang me upside down. Do worse than your worst. That's what Peter did. He changed the world. It was a weak. It wasn't the surrender caucus. Yelp reviews aren't don't show any balls at all. That's easy. You got facing your opponent. You want to see some balls? Look at Pete, look at Paul. Nero just gets done burning his own kingdom to the ground and blaming it on Paul and his followers. Says, hey, you guys, stop preaching this Jesus. Paul's like, what's up? I'm going to preach this all the way to the beheading table. All the way. How many people are named Nero? 2,000 years later, how many people are named Paul? Amen. Want to win? Gosh, I like to win. Man, there is nothing more in life I enjoy more than winning. And I mean nothing. Nothing. It's my biggest addiction, the win. So let me give you my best strategy tip. Align yourself and do what the only undefeated, undefeated being in the history of the universe says to do and believe. Do that. Because, I mean, you can think you're winning by publishing Yelp reviews. Or you can roll a stone away and raise dead people to life. I mean, I don't know. You tell me what you think is going to have a larger impact on the planet. What gets more people's attention? 
dead once dead dudes cooking fish on a beach like nothing happened like a freaking boss or uh, I, I put my 10,000 Yelp reviews on the Redhead restaurant and I'm sure they're really just stung by this what do you think you decide no I'm not telling you to surrender at all I'm telling you I can't give you more practical and pragmatic advice than this go find out with the only undefeated being in the history of the cosmos believes and what tactics he uses and emulate that. That's my big idea today. Copy the one that never loses. Thanks for tuning in on today's podcast. SteveAtSteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show to let us know what you think about what we think. Boy, those five-star reviews are pouring in. If you like our podcast, keep them coming. It really helps us to get the word out. Thank you to so many of you that have already done so. We greatly appreciate it. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you. 